Hey, Moving Forward listeners, a quick disclaimer before you listen to this episode, which is part of the book writing miniseries that I recorded several years ago. The books I was a co-author on are no longer in print, and I have since permanently parted ways with my former co-author. As such, I have edited these episodes, removing as many mentions of the titles as possible. I'm also adding this disclaimer to minimize any confusion. The basic information contained within is still helpful, which is why I've decided to keep them on this podcast. I also encourage you to listen to episode 388 to learn more about the reasons behind my decision. Now that we've covered that, I hope you enjoy this series and find these episodes helpful. Thank you. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 235. Let's go ahead and get started. So last week was a lot better than two weeks ago. As uh, if you tuned into uh, last week's episode, I had a uh, a lot of rough and tumble. I mean, it wasn't the end of the world or anything like that, but it was definitely one of those weeks where uh, a lot of things just didn't feel like they went right. Uh, last week was definitely better. I mean, we smoothed out the uh, issue on Poshmark. I came to uh, a, a reasonable resolution of that uh, situation, uh, closed a few more sales. So sometimes you're going to find that. You're going to find little setbacks, and it's just how you manage them, how you deal with them, and how you keep moving forward. That's really important. Um, also, uh, last week was pretty monumental. One of my first side businesses that I started five years ago, we just uh, did the exit for it, and it was it turned out really well. So uh, back in 2014, it's so hard to believe, it just seems like yesterday, I actually, one of the side businesses that I had actually started was uh, an AT, a small ATM business. How small? We, we never got past one machine. I mean, the idea was that we were going to, uh, uh, I live in an area where there are a lot of restaurants and salons and you know town centers that I thought would be ripe to have ATMs. In fact, I even did the market research. I went around, met a lot of the managers and owners and said, hey, uh, you know, would an ATM make your life easier? And they all equiv- unequivocally said yes, especially this one uh, very popular dry bar, uh, which said, oh my gosh, you know, we pay so much in credit card fees and all of that. So uh, my buddy and I, we thought, you know what, this might be a great opportunity. And uh, we had studied up a little bit on ATMs. We took a webinar or two. And then uh, we we got recommended to a great company uh, that uh, pro- sold us the machine and was our service contract for five years. And uh, uh, we had a really hard time uh, expanding beyond the one machine. So we had the one machine. It actually did pretty well. You know, we didn't make a ton of money. We didn't lose money on it. It was just uh, providing us with semi-steady, just kind of like trickles of uh, income here and there. And then the uh, contract was up for expiration, and we decided, you know what, it was a worthwhile experiment, but the uh, the landscape has changed so much. So we decided to exit out of the business, and uh, so uh, we, we let the service provider know we weren't going to renew. There's a process for that. And uh, actually, it turned out that they were interested in buying back the machine since we had kept it in such good condition. So we had upgraded it for EMV, you know, the cards with chips. We did that early. We did everything right with the, with the business. And uh, they offered us a great price for it. So it was really a, a very amicable, pleasant exit. And uh, I don't regret it, you know, even though <laughs> there were times where I was just like, why did we get into this? And we had a really tough time expanding. And I'll explain why. Even though a lot of the local businesses I talked to were really interested in it, 
it turned out that many of them were owned by larger corporations, were corporate heads. And uh, when we went back and said, hey, you know, we would love to provide you with an ATM machine and, and uh, come up with a great deal. They all said the same thing. I love it. You'll have to talk to corporate. And <laughs> that's where a lot of those phone calls and letters went to uh, die, essentially, that uh, it, it, it was one of those things where it just got caught in the bureaucracy. So the landscape has changed. I mean, the ATM, uh, you know, uh, my buddy who I went into this business with, he had a friend who did really well in the ATM business, but that was over a decade ago. So timing is everything, right? And it's one of the big takeaways I learned from that experience. All right, I'd love to hear about any side hustles or ventures that you've started that didn't turn out the way you expected. Uh, but, uh, you know, you learned a lot and maybe you picked up a lot of things along the way. Uh, hit me up. I'd love to hear about them. All right, let's go into part two. I'm going to talk more about editors. I've gotten a lot of questions about editors, so I really want to fill in a lot more on this. So the first thing I want to point out is that when you're looking at prospective editors, it can be very intimidating. And a lot of times you will find that there are editors for hire who will say, I used to work at a big publishing house and I charge a lot of money for my services. Now, I do believe that editors, great editors, are worth every penny. But uh, don't fall into the trap of just spending a lot of money on someone just because they have a resume filled with a lot of credentials. In fact, I'll give you a tangible example. A friend of mine who is currently writing his book, uh, and, and it's been delayed several times, he's gone through two editors already. And uh, the, the first editor he hired had a big resume but you know, just didn't do a very good job of editing his book. And the second one he hired also, very expensive and with a big resume, basically said at the outset, I don't do phone calls. So you know, to me, if I'm gonna spend a lot of money on a service, I want really good service. I don't mind paying for service as long as it's really worth it. But I wanna give you some perspective here. I worked with Megan. Megan, uh, I knew had the ability to do this. I knew she had the passion and the drive. But she had not edited a book before. She'd edited a lot of papers, and I knew her work, but she had never actually worked on a, a book to, before. But as a first-time editor, she was fantastic. And in fact, I, I credit her editing for, as a big part of the reason why our book turned out as well as, we, as it did. Because frankly, it was not a great experience writing that first draft. We weren't on the same page. We had clashing styles. And I couldn't even get my co-author to agree on basic things like a firm deadline. Despite all of those obstacles, Megan was able to project manage this with her top of the line skills and get us on track and really pull it together. Before she came on board, this was a big incoherent mess. And it was Megan who really helped us find the vision, find the voice. She did the content and line editing. And I really credit her for as one of the big reasons why the book did is doing as well as it did. I mean, we debuted in the number one spot on two categories on Amazon within the first few days. I mean, Megan really helped us find the right voice and find the right words. And so I really think it comes down to what I talked about last week. Find someone who cares. That's going to be really important doesn't regardless of what their credentials are and it's fine if you it, i'm not knocking anyone who used to work in the publishing industry who is now going freelance i think that's you know that's being an entrepreneur i think it's great but it, as an author 
it's up to you to really find the person who's the right fit. Don't just hire someone because they have an impressive looking resume. Make sure that they understand the story you're trying to tell. Make sure that they care about the book you're trying to write. And also I wanna point out, if you're writing a book that is highly technical, a specialty on something like real estate or finance, you may wanna hire someone who's a separate content editor who's a subject matter expert on that. Not necessarily gonna be uh, commenting on the grammar or structure, but really on the content. So consider that. Your homework for this week is map out your budget for your editor. Most of you are not gonna have tens of thousands of dollars to spend on an editor unless you're a big name and you're writing a big book. So formulate your budget. See if you can find someone who will fit the bill. You may have to go with someone who is a first-time editor, but vet them out, talk with them, make sure that their style of editing and their plan and their project management of the book works well with you. The write-up for this episode is located at bemovingforward.com. All right, part three, book I want to recommend, The Pursuit of Happiness by Chris Gardner. I give it four stars. Uh, this was actually the, the movie from 2006 that you may remember with Will Smith, and this is the book that it was based on. I was surprised at how different the, the book is from the movie, and that often is the case, but especially here, there's a lot more. It, to the story that we only got a glimpse of in the movie. The movie actually only focuses on the middle section where we see Chris Gardner and the difficulty he went through being homeless and trying to raise his son while at the same time uh, struggling with his uh, internship at Dean Witter. There's a whole lot more to the story. In fact, the first half of the book really covers Chris Gardner's childhood, just how tough it was, you know, his early family life and the inspiration that he got from his mom to really accomplish big things. The middle section is the most familiar if you've seen the movie, and then the later part, there's a lot more to the story afterwards, which actually only got a title card at the end of the movie. I'm surprised. I actually thought there's enough material here. They could have made a trilogy of movies if they wanted to. And while I love Will Smith in the role, it's funny. I actually picture someone like Idris Elba doing a mini series of this book, and maybe we'll see that one day. Great book. Highly recommend it. Very inspirational and also very candid. I mean, Chris Gardner, I mean, he also reveals some of his flaws, and, and some of them are not pretty. He's a human being, and it was just very forthright, refreshing, and candid. Uh, I highly recommend it. Great book. I'll be back next week with a new one. Uh, and uh, remember, always be moving forward.